Where's my brother? He's not back. Okay. Did anybody catch that? Uh, or you don't know? Uh, that pool party that's happening Friday, I notice it's on your street. And I think it's your house. Is, is that right? Wow. Y'all, y'all, she is. You got invited before I did to go enjoy that pool. Just kidding. You guys were like, oh, it's going to go. It's, ooh, we're going to see it here. WWF on the stage with Pastor and his brother going for it. <laughs> wow. Well, this morning I, I have a word uh, that's really a follow-up to what I shared last Sunday. If you remember last Sunday, I talked about the encounter that God had with Abram before he changed his name to Abraham in Genesis 13, uh, verses 14 through 17. And I shared with you how uh, in that encounter... There are two principles that God reveals in his word. The first is you've got to see it before you can seize it. You've got to see it before you can seize it. And then you've got to walk it out before you can see it come about. You've got to be willing to tread every place God told Joshua that the sole of your foot shall tread. And that's a military term. It was used of archers as well. Those that pull back on the bow to launch the arrow. So it's speaking of taking hold of a, a, a possession and a promise on which there's a squatter. We have squatters in our property. And we need to drive them out. And that's what the children of Israel had to do. God gave, but they had to take. And the Bible says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Sometimes you got to get some crazy faith rising up inside of you. Where you serve notice on the devil. Hey, you're on my stuff. And I come with the eviction notice right here to let you know. You no longer have right or inheritance to what God gave me. And I'm taking over in the name of Jesus. Do I have any fighters in the house? Or do I have any fighters in the house? We've got to fight the good fight of faith. And so today I want to share with you on the dream giver and fulfiller. The dream giver and fulfiller. God makes dreams come true. He really does. God makes dreams come true. Uh, how many of you are familiar with a gentleman by the name of Joel Osteen? How many of you have ever heard the name Joel Osteen? He pastors a church in Houston, Texas, and his dad, John Osteen, who's gone to be with the Lord, uh, I would watch John Osteen. He was a Pentecostal, fired-up preacher. And John Osteen made a statement, and it is this. He said, it's great to be young and dream the dream, but it's better to be old and to see that the dream is true. And the good news is God makes dreams come true. Uh, Bill Johnson, pastor at Redding, California, wrote a book entitled Dreaming with God. And in it he includes this statement. We've been given the capacity to dream and more importantly to dream with God. Many believers discount their desires, automatically trying to get rid of everything they want in order to prove their surrender to God. Now, there is a verse that has been misapplied and misinterpreted. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's found in Psalm 37, verse 4, where it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what I discovered one day is 
I was studying this verse is that the Hebrew word for outnag, for delight is outnag, and it means to be soft and pliable. The reason why I say that this verse has often been misapplied or misinterpreted is because some have promoted the idea that if you're happy in God, God's going to give you whatever you want. But that's not what the word means. The word delight means to be soft and pliable, meaning moldable and shapeable. And the implication is that if you and I are moldable and shapeable, then God will put in our hearts His desires. It's similar to what Jesus said in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What was Jesus saying? When you're living in me and my word is living in you, my word will fashion and form your desires so that what you petition, what you pray for, will be in line with the will and word of God. And as a result, you will get what you ask of the Father. So I want to say to you, if God's given you a dream, don't throw it away. Don't cast it aside. Because if God gave it to you, it's because He intends to fulfill it in you, through you, and for you. Because God is not just a good dream giver. He's the dream fulfiller. Now, we see John Maxwell states this in his book, Put Your Dream to the Test. He says, I believe God wants us to dream and to dream big because He's a big God who wants to do big things and He wants to do them through us. How many of you know that He is a big God? Paul said in Ephesians 3.20 that He is able to do above and beyond, exceedingly above and beyond all that we ask or think according to His power that is at work in us. I want you to know that you can't dream so big that God can't deliver. You can't believe so much that God cannot prove that He's got the power to perform what He's promised your life. There is no situation in your life right now where God cannot show you that even though you're in a situation that is overwhelming, that He cannot help you be overcoming because that's who He is. He is the mighty God. He is El Gabar. He's the strong God who is mighty and powerful. Now, you might want to capture a pic of this next slide because in it, you're going to discover why God gives us dreams. This is from James C. Ryle. He points out about prophetic dreams and visions. He points this out. He says, in the Bible, we can see six things dreams do. In the Bible, we can see six things dreams do. They, number one, they provide God's answers to our questions. We see this in Judges 7, 10 through 15. Two, they instruct us in the things of God. Matthew 1, verses 19 through 21. Three, they warn us about unseen dangers. We see this in Matthew 2, 12 and 13 and verse 22. Four, they guide us away from wrongdoing. We see this in Genesis 20, verses 3 through 8, as well as in Genesis 31, 24 and Matthew 27, 19 and 5. They keep us from pride. We see this in Daniel 4, 19 through 37. And number six, they save our lives. Matthew 2.13. These are six things that God dreams do for us. Six things that they do for us. Now, in the Old Testament book of Judges, we find that God used a dream 
to encourage a man by the name of Gideon. Gideon was called to partner with God in order to deliver God's people from their enemy, the Midianites. Now, let's look at how God took a man in hiding and inspired him to come out fighting. We see this in the book of Judges chapter 6 as well as chapter 7. But I want you to see the process. I want you to say with me, affirmed. Affirmed. Now, we see in the book of Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16, the following. Judges 6, 11 through 16. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abrazrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat, notice, in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midian, the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. I want you to see something that is revealed through this encounter about God. Here it is. God doesn't just call you out of where you are. He calls out who you really are. Where was Gideon? Hiding. In a wine press. He's afraid. He's fearful. But when the Lord addresses, addresses him, he calls him mighty man of valor. How could it be? Because man looks on the outward appearance. Man looks at the exterior. But the Lord looks at the heart. He knows what's in the deep recesses of your soul. He knows what's in the deep recesses of your heart. He knows your deepest longings and desires. He knows of those dreams that you have. But you're too afraid to express them because you feel unqualified. But I serve a God who doesn't call us by the name we were given at birth, but he calls us by the name he chooses to give us. He says to you, you are more than a conqueror through my son, Jesus Christ. He says to you, you are righteous. You are sanctified. You are set apart. You have a new name because I've given you a new name. You are precious in my sight. It doesn't matter what you've been labeled. It doesn't matter what you've been called. It doesn't matter what you're past is like. I'm talking to you about the God who redeemed you. And when he redeemed you, he renamed you. And he sees you for what you are in his son, Jesus Christ. And he calls you by a new name. God doesn't just call out 
call you out of where you are. He calls out who you really are. Notice, he called Gideon from hiding to fighting. He, he call, he goes from feeling like a victim and, 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 and he finds himself in hiding, but then God transforms him to come out fighting. I want you to understand something. You may be a whiner now like Gideon. He was whining about all the things that had happened that were against him. But God says you're not going to stay stuck as a whiner. You're going to become a winner because I'm going to be with you and I'm going to empower you to rise above what you feel and are going through right now and lift you to the calling that I've placed on your life. Woo! You see, God's affirmation gave him a sense of validation. God's affirmation gave him a sense of validation. And you know what? Your affirmation can help to affect that sense of importance in another. Sometimes the touch of love is more verbal than physical. Sherman Rogers has written a book about logging in the Pacific Northwest. As a young man, he worked in a logging camp. And on one occasion, the boss needed to be away for a while and put Sherman in charge. What exactly does that mean? Sherman wanted to know. Can I fire people? Yes, said the foreman. And I know what you're getting at. You're going to fire Tony the first chance you get. I know he doesn't get along with anybody. He's nasty and he grumbles. But let me tell you something about Tony. He's been with me eight years. He's the first person to arrive on the job and the last to leave. Nobody has ever had an accident around Tony. His heel is always the safest one to work on. On the first day of his new responsibilities, Sherman arrived at Tony's Hill and announced that he had been put in charge. I suppose that means you're going to fire me, said Tony. Actually, I was, said Sherman. But the boss told me, you're the best workman we have. He said, you're the first to come and the last to leave, and there's never been an accident around you. Sherman was startled to see tears begin to flow down Tony's cheeks. Why didn't he tell me that? Eight years ago, he cried. Now fast forward 12 years. 12 years later, Tony was the head of one of the largest logging companies in the area, and he never failed to remind Sherman that it all began on the day he was told what the boss had said about him. CWC Life CV, we are all surrounded by people who have no sense of their importance or worth. Our touch, verbal or actual, may change their life. You and I have the power through our tongue to speak life to somebody who feels stuck as a victim. And through our words, God can use us to bring them out of that state of victimization to becoming victorious over their past and over any hurt that has enslaved them and held them back. In his book, The Youth Builder, Jim Burns talks about the importance of building up young people. 
with affirmation and trust. What he says about criticism applies to every age group. He writes, for every critical comment we receive, it takes nine affirming comments to even out the negative effect in our life. Most young people receive more critical comments a day than encouraging ones. You can have a very positive, life-transforming effect when you develop a ministry of affirmation. I know what society is saying today about Generation Z and even about the millennials, but I believe that God is able to raise up a generation of those that have been counted out, of those that have been discounted, and through the power of God at work in and through them, God can count on them to bring about the greatest revival that this nation has ever known. This is why I don't put down this generation. I believe in this generation. I believe there are mighty young men and women of valor. And then God told Gideon, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You see, God's assurance to Gideon was not to build up his self-confidence, but to assure him that God was indeed with him. Gideon didn't need more self-confidence. He needed God confidence. And that's why God said, surely I will be with you. Gideon, you're not alone in this task. What I've called you for, I'm going to accompany you for it. I'll be there for you. And it is important to know that God has sent us. But it is even more important to know that He is with us. This was the same, same assurance that God gave Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 12 and that Jesus gave all the believers in Matthew 28, 20. He said, look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is why I believe, as I shared last Sunday, God is doing and going going to continue to do in greater measure in the rural communities what he's done in the cities God is bringing revival to Cutler Arosi, he's bringing it to Dinuba, he's bringing it to Orange Cove, he's bringing it to Reedley, he's bringing it to Woodlake all around this region God is going to show that I do big things in small places where there's a people that believe that if I'm with them there is nothing that they cannot accomplish What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is, you can deliver. Because the deliverer is with you. You can deliver because the deliverer is with you. What has God gifted you for? What has God called you to? I want you to know, you can deliver the goods because the deliverer is with you. Don't let anything or anyone intimidate you. If God called you, it's because He intends to partner with you through His presence and power to fulfill His promises in your life. Say affirmed. Now say confirmed. Mm-hmm. Judges 6, verses 36 to 40. Let's read. Judges 6, 36 to 40. says, And Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, 
I am laying a fleece of wood on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand as you have said. And it was what? Say so. Yeah. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please, let me test just once more with the fleece. Please, let it be dry on the fleece only and on all the ground let there be dew. And God did say so. Say so. God did so that night. And it was dry on the fleece only. And on all the ground there was dew. The Spirit-Filled Life Bible footnote reads, Gideon did not request the sign of the fleece to determine God's will, but to gain deepened assurance. Through divine revelation, he already knew that he was appointed to deliver Israel. He wanted confirmation of the Lord's presence and power to enable him to accomplish the task. I love what a commentator by the wood set by wood he says this this is an ex- an astounding example of god's gracious patience with a troubled child i'm here to tell you today god is not only powerful god is patient and your doubts Do not cause him to discount you being used by him to accomplish a great mission. Gideon doubted. And even when he got the first sign, he struggled. So he asked for another. And yet God was not turned off. But God was committed to show Gideon, I mean business. And if I called you, I mean to fulfill what I called you for through you. And if you have doubts, bring them out. Because I have the power to show that your doubts do not compare and match up to my power. That my power can reveal and confirm that I am greater than any of your fears, greater than any of your doubts, greater than any of your anxiety, greater than your depression, greater than your troubled soul. I am able to do that. Say, affirm. Say, confirmed. Now say, returned. You ready to put turbo on? Judges 7, 9 through 15. Now we come to the dream. Judges 7, 9 through 15 says, that same night, the Lord said to him, arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you, watch this, but if you are what? Afraid to go down. Go down to the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hand shall be straightened to go down against the camp. Now watch. Now notice how he went down. He went down with Purah. So what does that mean? He was afraid. Still. He's still afraid. 
And it says he went, he went down with Perah, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance. And their camels were without number as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. When Gideon came, behold, a man was selling a dream to his comrade. And he said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, watch this, a cake of barley bread. Say barley tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it down so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the, a man of Israel. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped and he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. Do you see the difference? He went to the camp afraid. He returned from the camp with faith. He went to the camp cowardly. But he returned from the camp courageously. Because of a dream God gave his enemy. In which God revealed, I really am going to work a great work through you. I really am going to defeat your enemies through you. Say barley. According to the Spirit-Filled Life Bible, study Bible, barley was considered, watch this, an inferior grain, which was used by the poor. This loaf symbolized Israel, who appeared inferior and smaller in number than the Midianite army. Now, backtrack with me. Remember the excuse that Gideon used in his encounter with God when God was calling him and commissioning him. He used an excuse to try to discount his lack of qualifications to carry out this God mission. It's found in Judges 6.15. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Notice, and I am the least in my father's house so God said of his people Israel you guys are like barley you're inferior in comparison to your enemies and Gideon says my clan is the smallest and I'm the least in my family he felt inferior But the reason why God used the barley loaf and showed that through the barley loaf he could bring down Israel's enemies was this. God wanted Gideon to know just like he wants you and I to know that he can do more with less. He can do more with less that in his hands the lesser becomes greater and through his hand his greatness is displayed in our weakness through his presence the superior one is able to accomplish the impossible through us 
the inferior ones. This is why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1, beginning with verse 26. He, looked, he said, look at your calling. Look at your calling. Look who God called. Not many of you were noble. Not many of you were of royal estate. Not, not many of you were of a royal status. Not many of you were strong. Not many of you were mighty. But God has chosen the weak things. God has chosen the despised. God has chosen that which has been considered rubbish. He's chosen you to prove that His power can accomplish through the inferior, a superior work. And I'm saying to you, even if you've been discounted, even if you've been tossed aside, even if you've been overlooked, if God's called you, you've got the ability through the one who called you to carry out whatever He's called you to do. And regardless of your past, you have a future because of Him, His presence accompanying you. Woo! Yes! Look what the Lord did. The Lord took Gideon from if to the Lord has. From doubt to no doubt about it. From fear to faith. From hesitation to execution. And because of the dream, watch this. Gideon's confidence returned. His peace returned. His courage returned. And I'm saying to you this morning, God can return to you your joy, your peace, your confidence, your courage, your hope, your strength, your love, your future. It can be returned today. God is able to do it today. He returns. So, at the beginning of Judges chapter 7, Gideon calls for all the men that were fighting men from Israel to come. There were 32,000. God says, hey, 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 that, that, that's too many. That's too many. So I want you to tell those that are afraid to go back home. So he goes from 32,000 to 10,000. And then God says, look, I, I want you to take those 10,000 to the bank of the river. And he said, and, and, and then the ones that drank like this, not the ones that were, you know how there's people like that? Like, did anybody see the incredible Mr. Fox? But these, the ones that are drinking like this, because see, those are the ones that are alert. And out of 10,000, there were only 300. But watch this. Gideon's army, say 300. Midianite army, Judges 8 reveals, there were 135,000. 300, 135,000. Naturally speaking, it would seem that the odds were stacked against Gideon. But here's what God wants you and I to know. That no matter what we face, with God on our side, the odds are never stacked against us. The odds are always in our favor. In fact, the Bible says that His favor surrounds us like a shield. So I want you to know that even when it seems we're outnumbered, outmanned, if we will look to God and just do what He's commissioned us to do, things will turn around. I know that there are those that are preaching doom and gloom and saying there's no hope for America. But I don't preach that. I preach boom and bloom. Flo- 
flourishing. Why? Because yes, the Bible says in the last days, things will go from bad to worse. But it also says, God said it, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see will dream will see visions. And he said, Upon my men servants and my maid servants will I pour out my spirit. Listen, I want you to understand that there is something that is greater than the ills that fill America today. Yes, I know there is gender identity confusion going about, but I'm telling you, when God shows up and reveals through the truth of his word and exposes the lies of the enemy, he can change someone who has mistaken who they are to who he created them to be in the first place. I still believe that where there's a people, and it doesn't have to be a lot, because as Jonathan told his armor bearer, the Lord is able to save by many or by few. All God needed was 300 against 135,000. And if you look at the landscape of America, we are outnumbered, we are outmanned, but greater is He that is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? This is not... This is not the time for the church to whine. This is not the time for the church to recline. This is a time to shine. Rise up because the light of His glory is upon you, church. You were not called to give in and to give up in the midst of the darkness. You were called to rise and shine. And I'm looking for believers that like Gideon's 300 will say, the odds may seem to be against us. But if Jehovah Nisi, Shalom, is with us, let's go. Because through Him, we shall do valiantly. Through Him, we will tread down our enemies. Woo! So before I married my lovely wife, there was a season in my life after being called by God that I was discouraged and even wondering would I actually see the calling of God fulfilled in my life. There had been glimpses of His hand on my life, but there was a season when I was despondent, discouraged, and wondered, should I even continue in this calling? I, I, I don't really see it coming about the way God said it would. And I remember I was with a friend and I told him that afternoon, I'm going to take a nap. And I went to lie down and take a nap. Would you believe it? As I'm napping, I had a dream. And in the dream, of all things, I was preaching. And I'm like, God, if this is you, this ain't a dream. This is a nightmare. That's what I was thinking. Like, God, the last thing I want to do is find myself in a dream preaching the way I'm feeling right now. And I remember in that dream, I saw myself preaching in a place I had never seen before. In an auditorium. And I was like, I um, didn't think anything of it. 
But would you know it? Within a few weeks, an older pastor who also had an evangelistic calling felt compelled to rent out a building. And he invited me to speak along with him. When I arrived at that building and walked in, it's the very thing I saw in my dream. And it was as if God was saying to me, Son, you may have counted yourself out, but I'm counting on you. I called you, therefore I can fulfill what I've commissioned you to do. And as I shared in color that night, I delivered a word under the anointing of the Spirit. Scriptures were just... And it was like there was flow. And it was God confirming to me, I'm serious about carrying out in your life what I called you to do. This is why I say God can make your dreams come true. He really can. Watch this. I'm gonna, as I wrap this up. In Gideon's life, the Lord, watch this, was willing to sign the guarantee with four signs. After he called a mighty man of valor, and it settled in Gideon's heart. Oh, you're going to be with me? Okay, I think I can do it if you're with me. Then Gideon said, but, but, but don't leave. Don't leave yet. And he went and got a, an offering of, of meat and stuff. And he, he brought it and he placed it on, on a rock. And, 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 and the angel of the Lord touched it and he consumed it. And then in the flame, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame. That was sign number one. And then signs number two and three were the fleece. And then the fourth sign was the dream. God is willing to meet us in our doubts and help us get to a place that there is no doubt about it. So I'm saying to you, what's your doubt? You don't have to hide it from God. You can bring it to God. And then he, through his power and presence, will show you, I'm greater than your doubts. I'm greater than your struggles. I'm greater than your weaknesses. I'm greater than your sense of being inadequate. Here's what I love. As I said before, God is not only powerful. He is patient. God is not only powerful, He is patient. This morning, I heard a pastor who's over 80 years of age. I've read his books. His name is R.T. Kendall. And he said this, that years ago he was reading through Psalm 136. And as he was reading through 136 Psalm, he noted, as it says in every one of those verses, the second part, his mercy endures forever. Every one of the verses of that 136 Psalm, the second part always reads, his mercy endures forever. And he says, he goes, I woke up that morning and I felt the lowest that I've ever felt. 
And he goes, and I don't know if it was jet lag or if it was because of things that I had been enduring in ministry. I don't know what it was. But he says, I was reading Psalm 136 in my Bible reading. And he said, and then I came to verse 22. Even an inheritance, or verse 23. It says, who remembered us in our low estate for his mercy endureth forever. And he said, and God said to me, you're feeling low right now. But my mercy my steadfast, loyal love, unfailing love is with you right now. And I'm going to be with you. And he said, through that verse, God quickened me, got me back on my feet again. This is what God did for Gideon. Anytime he felt low, God showed up in power. God confirmed, I'm with you. My love doesn't abandon you. My love won't run away from you. I'm there. You see, God is a dream giver and fulfiller. God makes dreams come true. And how did he do it in Gideon's life? The same way he'll do it with you and me. Affirmed, confirmed, returned. Today, God is saying to you, no matter what you've been called, no matter what you've been labeled, because I've redeemed you, I call you by name. And I say to you, you are precious in my sight. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made on purpose for a purpose. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine assignment. And God calls you, as he did Gideon, to a mission that is bigger than you, but that with him you can fulfill. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I thank you that you're the dream giver and fulfiller. I thank you, God, that you make dreams come true. And I thank you that not only are you powerful, you are so patient that even when we're struggling with doubts, even when we're struggling with a sense of, I'm not qualified, I can't. Me? How can I do that? You come and you assure us, I'm calling you to a mission that is a co-mission. I'm going to be with you. And look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be your helper. I'll be your strength. I'll be your support. So today, I want... To call out those of you that say, you know, Pastor, I know there's a dream God's placed in my life. I know there's dreams that I have that I believe they're the dreams God's placed in my life. Not only regarding His calling, but also regarding what He wants to accomplish in my marriage and my family in my future. And I know that some of you have been struggling with doubt. Some of you have been wondering, can these dreams really come true? Am I just fantasizing about something that is really just an illusion? Or can God really do this? God is wanting to assure you today through His presence and power That he's able. He's able. And he's willing to meet you right now. Even in the middle of your doubts. Even in the middle 
of your weaknesses, even in the middle of your sense of inadequacy. He wants to meet with you. And so I'm going to call those of you that you know he's given you a dream, but yet the truth is there's a hesitation because you're battling with doubt right now. Others of you, you're battling with weaknesses and you, and you feel, I can't get past this, but God wants you to know, I see beyond your weaknesses, like he told Gideon, go in the might you have. God sees strength in you. God sees strength in you and he's willing to impart his supernatural strength. So I'm going to invite you right now. You have a God dream. And you're willing to bring your doubts to Him. And you're willing to bring Him your weaknesses. You're willing to bring Him your sense of inadequacy. And all you're asking for is what Gideon asked for. An assurance that He's going to be with you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to help you. He's going to be there for you. To see that dream come true. If that's you, I want you to make your way forward right now to this front area of the altar. Because God is here. By His presence, by His Spirit, He's here right now. He's here to assure you. He's here to return to you your peace. Some of you, you've lost your joy. Some of you have lost your confidence, but God's ready to return it to you today. Yeah. He's ready to return it to you today. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. 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 I thank you that I can come to you. I thank you that I can come to you with my weaknesses. Ah, you remember that we are made out of dust. And because of your mercies, you are compassionate with us. Yes, you are. We come, Lord. There's others of you. You're here today. And you know, you've been struggling to believe that it could really become what God has shown you. In your journey, this is what I want to accomplish. You've been struggling to believe it could happen because of what's been happening in your life. Just like Gideon, he found himself feeling like, how it's going to happen with everything that's gone on? We keep getting robbed by our enemies. We keep getting uh, our enemies come and take our harvest away. And you're telling me that we're going to give us victory over them? But you don't know what's been happening, Lord. And the Lord knew, but God was saying, today, I'm changing. I'm changing your story. I'm rewriting it. You want that? You come right now. This is your moment. God is able. He's able. He's able. You come and join these right now. This altar is open right now. For those of you that you have a God dream, but you also have weaknesses and doubts that you're contending with, I want you to come because God is here through His presence and His power. Yes, Lord. As this song is sung, I'm going to invite you to just call on Him, and we're going to pray over you right now. The Holy Spirit is going to come and envelop you and empower you and infuse you with divine might. I feel it and know it. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray.